When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star Sports Podcast. I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Our chief discussion today involves a familiar topic, the wide receivers. We spend plenty of time talking about the position group because, well, they stay in the news. So today you'll hear beat writer Jesse Newell and columnist Sam McDowell and Vahe Gregorian discussing how Kadarius Tony, Rashi Rice, Richie James, and others may be used over the final three games and what will be expected of them as the Chiefs conclude the regular season. And can Justin Ross make an impact now that he's back on the roster? Okay, let's get started talking Chiefs and mostly wide receivers. As we often do, we write a story or stories about the year in review, right? 2023 year in review. And so I was thinking about what the top Chiefs topics for the year would be. And Listen, it starts, you know, with the calendar year, January 1st. So the Super Bowl obviously falls into this list of stories. But I also thought, aside from the, the Super Bowl victory, some of the... Uh, Taylor more, Swift? Well, yes. Did, yes, it, that one's going to be on there. How can you ignore that? Um, and I thought... Sam, that, Sam knows how to. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the, the Chris Jones holdout took a lot of you know, absolutely a yeah. lot of ink and uh, pixels and everything else. But but we have probably spent more time talking about the Chiefs' wide receivers than any position group, and uh, and so I thought we would start today <laughs> with with that topic because uh, even with the the twenty seven seventeen victory over New England uh, in Foxborough, how are you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> By the way, a little background on that. It does tend to sound like that in New England. How are you? And I passed somebody when I was walking with Blair, and, and I kind of said it like that. I didn't really mean to. I just go, how are you? <laughs> Except I wasn't joking around. And Blair's like, you know, I, I don't remember how you how you caught me on it or you, how you... I, I just put a smile on my face because... at, at Fall this, into it. At Gillette Stadium, every... Um, uh, every staircase or entrance has a security guard, <laughs> yeah. and you were greeted each time. How are you? <laughs> it reminded me of the way my parents used to greet. How are you? <laughs> but anyway, I digress. I, I digressed you. Sorry. Um, so the receivers were part of the story on Sunday as well. Uh, the Chiefs got the victory, as we said. But is this going to? Is is it never not going to be the story? Um, mistakes by Chiefs wide receivers and, uh, and and solutions for the you know the the, the you know the play of, of the position group. Where do the Chiefs? What are the solutions for the Chiefs heading into the final three weeks of the regular season with you know playoffs clearly on the other side of that for them? Um, is is this a position group that's going to hold them back? Can they? 
can they mold it to a you know into a shape where it won't hurt them? Is that the best you could hope for for the Chiefs? That was about eight questions. So each take two or three to <laughs> to respond to. Um, but I well, one thing I'd just say real quick. It, I was crunching some of the numbers, just looking at the numbers, the receiver numbers from last season to this season, and I, probably we've all done this in some form or another. But I find it interesting that Rasheed Rice is going to he'll eclipse. Juju Smith-Schuster's numbers from last year. Right now, he's at 68 catches for 11.1 yard average. Juju Smith-Schuster had 78 for 12 yard average, three touchdowns. Same amount of games, 14 games. Juju missed a couple. So those numbers are are going to be better for the second leading receiver than they than they were a year ago. Travis Kelsey being the leading. Travis Kelsey will continue to lead. He's not going to have the whopping numbers he had last year, but. Where, where it obviously stands out is, you know, MBS's numbers are half, half of what they were, um, and they're just not getting, they're not getting the, the, the next complimentary guy involved. We don't know who that, who is that person going to be? Is it more Noah Gray? Is it, you know, they got to just start throwing a McKinnon and CEH more? Um, anyway, that's just my intro point that Jesse and Sam will. Uh, far eclipse on their own observations um i i mean this receiver group's who they have so yes it's going to be a story for the rest of the season because at this point if they perform really well that'll that's be the story that'll be the story <laughs> um they got through with a very similar group last year as vahe just mentioned i think this group is more talented um but i if i am saying that it's time to remove Kadarius tony from the equation it really is because i was the last hold on with Kadarius Tony. I just look at him as one of the most talented guys in a room that doesn't have like really premier talent relative to the other 31 teams in the league and thought he he clearly offers something different but the mistakes are too frequent and they are the most notable plays of most games. Um, you, I mean you could really really argue that Kadarius single-handedly cost him the Lions game. Um, with the pick six drop, but also the drops on, on the potential comeback drive. Um, uh, you know, potentially could have gotten the Patriots back in this game. Um, his offside penalty potentially could have swung a game in Buffalo. It's really hard for a wide receiver to have a, that significant of a negative influence. So that leads you to, to where do you go? And I think that's always been the Chiefs' question for why Kadarius Tony is still such a major part of the offense is, well, where do we go without Kadarius Tony? And you know, I, Richie James, I think, is going to be an option, particularly with Sky Moore out. Um, I do think we're going to see more of Richie James this week. Um, but to me, that means what What do you do with Rashi Rice? Because the people that are just plugging Richie James in the lineup are forgetting that Rashi Rice's best production has come in the slot. And Richie James is a slot wide receiver. That's why they got him from the Giants. He played 85% of his snaps in the slot last year. This year he's about 50-50, but really he's only played 40-some snaps with the Chiefs right. this year. And so if you want to put him where you utilize his strength, because he got significantly better last year when the Giants did move him to the slot, well, that's, you know, it's a Mike Kafka offense, comes from Kansas City. Like, that's going to be in the slot. Rashi Rice plays a little bit over half of his snaps in the slot, and he's been better. And so has Rashi Rice grown enough over the past four months, because we've certainly seen the numbers grow, that you feel comfortable playing him more in the juju role last year? Because if... The fatal flaw, I think, for why we're the, we're talking so much about the Chiefs wide receivers is not as much Kadarius Tony. It's that they tried to put Sky Moore 
and the Juju Smith-Schuster X roll, and it just didn't work out. I'm just... <clears throat> we know the ceiling. The ceiling is they can win the Super Bowl, because you just said it. I mean, they had the same receiver last year, and we've mentioned this on previous podcasts. Maybe it's just like a fan enjoyment thing, but the Chiefs are winning different this year. Like, we're not giving the defense enough credit for what they did against the Patriots. I know the Patriots' offense stinks, but, I mean... The Chiefs' offense handed them seven points, the Patriots, and the Chiefs early on, from the beginning of the game, I mean, the Patriots got one drive, basically, the whole game, and the rest of the time got shut down because, as we talked about, the Chiefs used the Tyreek Hill resources to go build up their defense, and they hit on their draft picks, and they developed them. And Those so, are going to be what the next three weeks look like, too. That's Blair I mean, that's who, that's who they're playing. Yeah, and, and I just, I, I don't know. It's like, they're not, the Chiefs are not as good as they were last year. But I don't think they're as far off as a lot of people think because all of a sudden you can have a playoff game where your defense wins you the game and that was never the expectation for the Chiefs defense at any point last year at any point the year before they could win them two games and so I don't know I I just think it's sort of fans have become accustomed I think to seeing an offense look a certain way with Mahomes which has been amazing but it's like the Chiefs are being pretty close to as successful doing it a different way and, and doing it with some defensive players that they got because they traded away Tyreek Hill. So, I mean, that's a long-winded answer. But, yeah, the receiver's going to continue to be a story. I don't think we talk enough about the tackle position, guys. Um, that's been a major issue for them recently, too. It, it just has. And I know, I think probably the receivers is what's been trumping. It. It's just it's more obvious when a guy runs a route differently than it is when Mahomes is dancing around pressure, which he does better than any quarterback in the NFL, by the way. It's avoiding sacks and somehow making plays. But... I don't think they trust their tackles. I don't think Mahomes trusts his tackles. I think it causes them to chip sometimes, which eats into Travis Kelsey's routes he can run. And um, that's been one of the major issues, especially with the amount of money they spent on one of those sides. Um, maybe something we're not talking about, but you're right. I mean, every national show I look at now, it's it's why is Kadarius Tony playing? And so that's going to continue to be a story throughout the rest of the season, uh, especially as long as he's on the field. We, we've all grown, or, you know, we covered Andy Reid for, I mean, for you longer than anybody and then Blair and me and, and, and Jesse, but there's a lot of years here of Andy Reid press conferences. I certainly came away with the impression on when Adam Teicher asked him, Andy Reid about Kadarius Tony Sunday and then Pete Sweeney asked him yesterday, like, I, I think Kadarius Tony's role is going to be changing moving forward. Now, I don't, we don't know how much Andy Reid knew about the severity of Sky Moore's injury when he provided both of the answers on Kadarius Tony. but interested what, what you guys think. But I, I, I left with the impression that Kadarius Tony seeing 45% of the snaps is, is not going to be a, a thing for the next couple of weeks at least. I, it's a reflection of me of the Chiefs' offense where it's hard. Like, what is the rhyme or reason for – like, what does Tony do poorly? You know what I mean? Like, what like, – I can't explain it. You know what I mean? Like it's he makes blunders, but like I, it's not a. It's, it's got to be a concentration. It's a con- thing, it's a, you know, yeah, it's lack I, of discipline. It's not the same blunder, right? But that, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like it, it's so weird, and and that feels like their offense sometimes too, where it's like, you don't know how they're gonna mess it up, but they're going to, and that's sort of the feeling they got, especially when they lost four or six. Is, is but but, and I know we use the word fixable so much, but it's, it it did feel like they're going to come out of this eventually. Like you're gonna stop having two plays that are worth negative twelve points to you in a game and that's what happened against the Patriots the Patriots finally gave him one back right. I mean that, that interception finally yeah. the Chiefs got to a place defensively where they took one back against the other team when the other team handed them six points but it is a weird thing to me because 
if you ask me, like, what is Kadarius Tony doing wrong? I guess concentration is the answer. It's but it's like details, yeah. And I think that's why Patrick Mahomes was so upset, right? Yeah. Because and, he's and an attention to detail person. That's the trump card. We saw Mahomes on the sideline. You can't continue to wheel Tony out there. Mahomes is done with him. I mean, that, that's it. Like, like, that's the answer. So Andy Reid can, can say what he wants to and, and say what he wants in the media. And, again, to us, he has to say certain things to keep his players. I don't think they're going to cut Kadarius Tony, so it's not doesn't really do much good to, to rip him. And, and Andy Reid knows that better than anybody else. But when you see Mahomes' reaction to that, that's it. You can't play that guy continue to play him because of the mistakes he's made. It just still is a little bit weird. Like, I, I can't – it's hard to put your finger on what he's doing wrong other than potentially just not focusing in enough on, on what details need to be done. You're making me think of this. It's an imperfect parallel, but – and we don't know how this ends, but remember how last year it got to a point with Sky Moore, largely because of the punt returns, where you just felt like he can't be played. Yeah, he can't, that's it. He can't, he can't Could, help this team. Couldn't be trusted. And then they ultimately – Sort of cobbled together something, and part of it was out of necessity in the in the in the um, AFC Championship. Yes. Was it? Um, but that's what it kind of reminds me of. At its best, though, I would say for Tony, right? I mean, it it, it remains to be seen if they think, okay, we can find some kind of more what uh, le- less harmful. <laughs> set of opportunities for him, but I, mean, I don't know what that is. I mean, hand off. I mean, you know, that might be, that's, can you hand it off to him three times? Like, does that take he, some he, of it? He lined up twice at running back. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know. Like, is the catching the problem? If it's attention to detail, do you have the same problems at running back? I don't know. It's it's a complicated thing, but again, the the, the main thing to look at is just Mahomes' reaction to say, I, I basically, what we were trying to read is like, I knew this was going to happen. I, I called this. I, I knew, and um, once you get to that sort of public setting, it's it's sort of hard to cover come from. And that one clip is just a perfect encapsulation because it's it's what Sam talked about earlier. Like his route is amazing. <laughs> like his body moves in different ways. He's wide open. It just he can't complete it. it it's it's it reminds me. And I'm, I'm going to bring up the reference here. I was thinking about this, Sam. In Mighty Ducks 2, the Mighty Ducks are back. There's a, uh, there's a hockey player called Mendoza, and uh, he is the fastest guy on the on the rink. Just keeps, and he can't stop. You know what I mean? It's just like this guy can do nothing else, do something that nobody else can do, but then it's like you can't utilize him because the guy can't stop in front of the goal and shoot the, bu- the bucket in the net. The one day he does, though, he stops right in front of the goal, puts the goal in because uh, he beats everybody down the rink. So maybe Kadarius Tony can find his uh, his breaks here at some point. But as of right now, he's he's sort of like the fastest guy on the rink who just has no idea how to to stop and harness the skills that he has. It's really a shame too, though, right? Because he he moves in in ways you seldom see people move. He, he obviously is has just really exhilarating talent, and then the fatal flaw. The kind and. What do you want to call it? Attention to detail, concentration, and that's why I have trouble on what the fatal flaw is. Because like he, yeah. he, he makes mistakes. <laughs> I just he makes mistakes, and it's it's weird. It's, the, a, it's a weird thing. Um, just to just to gauge your thoughts on this. So if, if we don't have the Darius Tony play in that game, um, it's you know probably twenty-seven to ten or whatever it might be. Um, but it's also not the only thing people are talking about. And I, I actually think that, that it's such a sort of neon crazy play and the cumulative effect of him that so much attention has been focused on the one play of the one guy that I do think it's distracted from actually what was a, you know, a, an important workmanlike victory for the Chiefs that I do think is, is a step forward. You know, if they take two back with a loss to the Raiders, that's something else. But... Um, I just think I, I like how they cleaned themselves up for the most part in that game. And well, um, I I didn't like 
Rasheed Rice fumbling. Yeah, two fumbles. On yeah. And, and Sky Moore, you know, fumbling. Um, so they, neither one ended yeah. up costing the Chiefs. But And then Travis Kelsey dropping you know, touchdown, the yeah. alligator arm touchdowns. Yeah. Four, four wide receivers. Those are four different players. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's true. The, the, the Canarius was the final one and the most costly. Yeah. And it, it's, it adds you add to the list of mistakes that he's made, so he's bearing the brunt of this. Avai, I wanted to ask you, um, as somebody who's covered the Chiefs longer than anybody, I I don't remember Andy Reid being confronted with a situation quite like this, where it's so painfully obvious that that some kind of change in, in you know in playing stature has to be made with Kadarius Tony, and Andy's still defending Tony. To, to some extent. I mean, he's parsing his words a little bit. But, yeah, yeah. But the, <laughs> We went through the Dan Sorensen, um, but it's obviously not <laughs> no, as much a, of... No, no but I think a, that's not a good much, one. Not I think that's a reasonable an, parallel. Not as much... This is very much an Andy decision, right? It's an offensive yeah, decision. Yeah, And he does empower Steve Spagnuolo to play a lot of the guys he wants to play. Well, look, I mean, we know this about how Andy's wired, right? I mean, he's... He... It would... It, it would be a form of torture to him to, to to say something publicly, putting somebody, for lack of a better term, under the bus. He's just not going to do it. So I like your point about parsing his words, and I, I think it's so evident he's parsing his words that um, we can read beyond them, that, that we, we can expect that it's going to be greatly reduced, uh, again, ways that are less volatile, uh, in the in the scheme of things, at least until he demonstrates in some gradual way that okay he can be, you know, reset. Problem is, I don't. I don't what's he gonna? He has a couple. Uh, I don't know. A couple little, little swing passes or a, a couple a couple nice runs. That I don't think we're at a point where you feel like okay, that, you know, he didn't he didn't fumble that. He 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 lined up right. Let's see what he can do with a you know intermediate pass of some sort. I, I don't I don't think I don't know what the path to feeling good about that is. No, I mean you go back to <clears throat> training camp and that's where you know I mean I wrote about it. I think you might have as well, Vahe, that Patrick Holmes was trying to set a tone for a team that was winning the Super Bowl. That the reason they won that Super Bowl is their attention to detail at training camp the yeah, previous year. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about a guy that did not take a snap in all of training camp. Yep. And I think you are seeing the effect of a guy, and I agree with Blair, it's a concentration slash attention to detail issue. Like, that's the commonality and yeah. the variety of mistakes that he's made. Yeah. And for the Chiefs, I mean, I know a lot of people keep saying, why do you keep playing him? You know, I, I talked to a, a scout for the Chiefs that had scouted Kadarius Tony in college, because they liked him in college. Said he was unlike any player they'd ever scouted in college. That his balance was so um, incredible that he would get hit. We see him. We see this. He breaks tackles at an unbelievable rate. Um, Runs through him. Yeah. He, he, nobody can arm tackle yeah, the guy. But he's, he's so strong for his size. It's 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 almost like look when Isaiah Pacheco moves a pile. It's I don't think you hold your breath. When Kadarius Tony is in traffic breaking a tackle, I think you hold your breath because you're waiting on a potential mistake to come. And that gets into what you mentioned earlier with Rashi Rice as well, and that's. I do think, just to sum up, Blair, that what you said about, you know, I think the attention to detail is the, the link that, that puts all these together. The, the thing you made me think of, it's so true about Kadarius Tony is it's, he's one of those kinds of guys 
it makes you hold your breath for both reasons, right? Like, what's he, what, what's he going to do? Yeah. And and you feel you feel it on either end of the pendulum. And it, it puts yourself in a coach's shoes yeah. in that situation. Yeah. He's the guy that can deliver that play for you. Yeah. I don't know that they have another guy that gets the 60-some yard punt return in the Super Bowl. They don't have another guy in their roster that can do that. And so, you know, I mean, the play that you covered, Jesse, in the Super Bowl, like they had a lot of guys that can run that route. There's not a lot of guys that can do the stuff that Kadarius does. And so you want to know why he's still playing, there, there's a reason for it. Well, so much we talk about the receivers is they don't have much upside. I mean, that's the upside you're talking about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's the ceiling. That's that's why Andy Reid, you know, has given him the opportunities at this point because at some point you'd like for your Jimmys and Joes just to go make a play and not have to scheme everything up all the time. And Kadarius has that sort of um, potential. And, you know, it might be distracting. I think that's a good word by the Chiefs complete some downfield passes, Sam. Like, this hasn't happened yeah, all yeah. season. If we, if we want to talk about a positive from the Patriots game, like, Mahomes chucked it down the field and got Justin Watson on a deep ball, and we've seen so many misconnections on those. Mahomes probably played his second-best game of the year, um, pretty close to his best, probably after the Chargers game. We haven't seen that type of Mahomes in a long time, and it just sort of brings me back to the original point, which is, like, the, uh, the NFL is so much about pass offense and pass defense. And, like, right now, the Chiefs have the potential on offense to be that, and they are doing it on defense. And going to the playoffs, again, you can look around the league. Uh, some teams have that. Not many teams do. And so it's it's one reason to at least be to like the Chiefs' chances of potentially getting things together and making a run is that those two vital parts of the game, one of them is we've seen in the past will happen, can happen, is as close to happening. And the other one right now, led by Legereus Sneed, Trent McDuffie, uh, and then, I mean, all three levels really helped out in this particular game. Um, they've got the potential to shut that down, too. Well, one thing they don't do or haven't done with Tony, and I suspect we will not see it, is they don't go over the top with him. His When, when he has a long play, the punt return, uh, but when he has a long offensive play, it's a catch and run. Oh, you yeah. know, he's, he's not an over-the-top guy. And you're right, Jesse, they did go over the top a couple times to Watson, to Noah Gray on the first mm-hmm. series, but we, we certainly haven't seen much of that at all. In fact, we were all kind of scrambling for in, uh, when, when that was happening Sunday, looking at previous Chiefs games, uh, they hadn't had three plays, uh, including the screen to Clyde Edwards-Alaire that went for 48. They haven't had a game where they had as many as three plays that long. They missed it season. all year. I mean, it's, Which Sam, is what they, they used were, to be routine Sam, you've written about it multiple times this year. I mean, it's the missing piece of what they've done. Yeah, they had, I think um, by game's end, I, I, had, I had misread a, a, um, a row of something, but I, I think they had Maybe it was the Chargers. They had four plays of 30-plus. In this game, they had three plays of 30-plus. But this was the only game to match. Uh, I think we still use 20 yards as the explosive play measure. Uh, only the second time all season, they had six explosive plays, and that was also that. And that, and look, that part of that was a, you know the 48-yard screen to Clyde and things like that. But generating explosive plays is still. Sam might be looking this a up barometer. too. I know the one he's talked about so much as air yards. Yeah, you know. so Kadarius Tony is last in the NFL, <laughs> and his average depth of yards is two point nine yards. Second, How did I know he was second, looking this up? Mind melt. This is like Mahomes and Kelsey right here. Okay. Yeah. Second fewest is four point four, and third fewest is Rashi Rice at at four eight. I mean, they have. But part of that is, I mean, Andy Reid talks a lot of times. You figure out what a guy's good at, and you play to his strengths. 
We did see Kadarius Tony run a couple of vertical routes last year after the trade, so I'm surprised they haven't used him more in that role. The Rashi Rice numbers don't surprise me at all. It's, um, you know, I think it was a couple games ago that there were complaints that it was in Green Bay that Rashi Rice's average depth of target was like two yards, and it's like, well, you wanted you pray more. for this guy to, to give him the ball more, then they find ball a way to give him the ball yeah. more, then you complain about how they're giving the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. they're playing to Rashi Rice's strengths when they just get him the ball because he's so good after after the catch. He's second in the NFL in yards after catch per reception. So Debo Samuel's at nine point four, Rashi Rice is second at seven point eight, and that is among the top 102 um, in terms of percentage of targets, the top 102 guys. So, I mean, they're, they're playing at Rashi Rice's strengths. It just seems like they're still trying to figure out the best way to play to Kadarius Tony's strengths, but that's because he's so inconsistent. But part of this equation, guys, what we're talking about is the offense, these mistakes are magnifying because they only get so many possessions and it feels like every drive has to be 12 plays, 75 yards, touchdown. Yeah. You can't make a red zone mistake. You can't make a short yardage mistake. You can't have a fumble. Well, you have a cheat code if you can get a few 40-yarders. You know what I mean? If you can throw the ball down the field, that's why Mahomes has talked about it all year. It's like, got to complete a deep ball. And, I mean, to their credit, other than this last game against the Patriots, they've been running the ball pretty well, so, which, again, will only bring more defenders closer to the line of scrimmage. They're not getting defended the same way they were in years past, and yet they're not taking advantage of it. So I think that has to be one of the major positive signs here is, however it happened, it was not Justin Watson running the wrong way and Holmes throwing it a different way. They completed a ball down the field. Same thing to Noah Gray. If that happens twice a game, all of a sudden this offense looks a whole lot more like it did in years past. Yeah. And they're getting um, Isaiah Pacheco back for the next game, the, the Raiders game on Christmas. Christmas Day, so uh, running game should uh, continue to be uh, more of a weapon than we've seen it for previous Chiefs teams. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. How popular is Justin Ross right now? Seems to be a pretty popular guy. He's the, you know, he backup quarterback popular, you know. <laughs> He's going to come in and save the day, right? Uh, um, no, 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 no. I, I think, I mean, look, Justin Ross has missed seven weeks, and they opened the season by saying he was a package player, which implied that he was still learning the offense. I think it's an offense that you've got to be in it to help you learn it, and seven weeks without being in it. If Sky Moore wasn't injured, I don't think we'd see Justin Ross added back to the 53-man. I, I think maybe that opens a spot for him, um, and he does play that X position that, that Sky Moore was playing, but I just it's hard for me to envision him being a big factor after missing so much time of a year that should have been a really educational year for him. You want to talk about Andy Reid giving kind of a telling response? He was asked about those guys and basically said, hey, uh, we'll see on Justin Ross, right. and then went off and just – said I gotta get Richie more, James more, more than two time. plays yeah. I gotta get yeah. him more so I mean again if you're getting the true serum on that answer and sure seem like you were uh they, they do not they don't envision a big role for him I mean it's weird to say this guys and we've made this comparison before but to me Justin Ross was what they wanted um their fourth tight end to be you know what I mean once they lost Jody Fortson for the season 
their third tight end this year, and again, that's the guy who sort of has gotten bailed out by all of this Kadarius Tony talk, which is yeah, Blake yeah. Bell had a ball taken out of his hands. And this has been, you know, if you look at some of the grading out there, the PFF stuff, like this has been by far Blake Bell's worst year as a Chief. So, I mean, ideally, if Justin Ross had a role, it'd be like that Jody Fortson third tight end jump ball specialist, but like the Chiefs don't usually throw jump balls, and like he's not a tight end. So, I don't know. I don't know what they do with him. It's it's kind of a fascinating time to get him back, potentially. Um, but, yeah, to your point, Blair, it's, it's, you know, the Chiefs sort of fed into this with a, a bunch of the hype videos and, and right. clips over the offseason. Um, that's not going to be the player he is. He obviously has some um, some skills on the outside, some jump ball ability. He's a big receiver, but but some speed issues and some ability to move issues out there. And uh, if he was producing, obviously this would be the team to, to, to take a chance on him and get him more snaps. But uh, at this point in the season, it's – it's sort of hard to envision what a a big role for him would be, especially coming down the stretch. You're just making me think of this. I mean, should we be more intrigued by Richie James and and don't isn't there bigger need um, steady and reliable more than you know? I don't know. Spectacular. That, that's what we talked about with Kadarius, right? <clears throat> like, I don't know that answer. What do you think? I mean, do, would you rather have more variability with that and potential for big plays, or would you rather have smooth and steady when you really haven't? I mean. What, two or three weeks ago we talked about the receivers couldn't create separation, and that was one of the big storylines? Yeah. Well, if you have a bunch of players who are just are where they're supposed to be, you're not going to probably have much separation, right? I mean, Tony was wide open on that play because he juked the dude out of his shorts. He had time to bobble it twice. Yes! <laughs> I mean, he was wide open because he can just move. You we, know what I mean? He's we haven't really seen enough Richie. Stuff. So 40 snaps we think Richie James has had? He's had like in the forties. It's like forty-five okay. or so. So, yes. do we have we seen enough to know whether he's a guy who can't create separation? I guess is no. I mean, I mean he created a lot of separation last year in New York. He was one of the top ten in the NFL so, in terms of right. But what I'm saying is, why are why do we assume that he can't? That he can cannot. I don't assume he can't create separation. Again, last year in New York, he was one of the ten best in the yeah. NFL at creating separation. He, he's a return specialist what, too. So what, I just assume that he's he's playing. He's his best position is Rashi Rice's best yeah. position, and they mm-hmm. want to feature Rashi Rice. So, if they want to get Richie James more involved, it's going to have to mean that one of those guys is going to have to play a little bit out of yeah. their comfort zone. Um, the. Eagles. You assume he can't create separation. No, I really don't. I really don't. I'm, I'm, I'm in the uh, devil's advocate seat here. I because I, I'd like. I know I'd like to see more of him. And I agree with it, that. And I think and, you will see more. Of him. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, Three snaps this week. <laughs> but look, I do think he's he's to me the most intriguing possibility to just give some stability. And what does that say about where the Chiefs are right now? That it's going to be week 16. Yeah. And all four of us have landed that we want to see them integrate a new guy just because we haven't seen enough of them. And we have we know what the rest of the the, the Sam, picture, Sam, there were the Twitter brings. There were Twitter rumors that they were trying to trade Richie James once he got back from IR because well, he he that he he wanted a different. Yeah. But but James, still, I mean on the yeah. on a team that was still at that point devoid of 
productive receivers. I mean, and now a few weeks later, oh man, I got got to see this guy again. I'm not saying that's not to disparage Richie James. I'm just saying kind of what we're talking about with the offense. That that's sort of the point it's come to at this moment where. And it, it, look, his injury threw a you know curveball into everything, right? But but it does go back to something I know Sam was saying, and I believe you were saying too, or maybe you too, Blair. Only if it's smart. That <laughs> early on, you know, I think they they treated this this uh, receivers numbers game as like you know oh we've got so many great options we got to keep them all alive instead of narrowing it down and 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 saying this this is uh, this is the the cast we've got to get it to and and that maybe something became diluted through that I mean, along they, the way they have changed um, i agree with that they they have done that a little bit i think more than the outside noise has given them credit what did rice have I mean, like 90 yeah Ru- rice is playing yeah. more than he ever has I think they realized that Marquez Valdez Scantling just running down the field isn't doing as much yeah, value yeah. as maybe he's lost snaps last year. Really yeah. right. yeah. They were running the ball more between the tackles because that's where it's been more success. I do think that they've made more adjustments than people have given. I mean, look, they're they're short yardage. I, I put it in my five things, but they're 15 out of 29 on third and short, and then they converted 11 straight. That's adjustments because they started running between the behind right, Creed Humphrey right. a little bit to Trey Smith. I think there's been more adjustments than people have given credit for. It's just a little bit of where the wide receiver group is. It's who they are. It's what we gave them credit for last year, and they won the Super Bowl last year. And your salary cap only goes so far, too. I mean, if you're going to give it one position, I'm sure they looked at this in the offseason and said, just like last year, you get enough bodies in here, you're going to figure out who's good, and you're going to make it work. And so, again, the proof's going to be in the pudding over the next month, month and a half. Can they continue to make it work? And it, the, the margin of error is greater because the defense is better. And um, potentially, again, in the playoffs, if the Chiefs make a run, I'm sure think that the defense is going to carry them at least one of those games. That's not something you would have expected in past years. So James only had the one target on Sunday, but it looked good. 17-yard game and a little catch and run down the sideline. He looked fast. And um, who knows – where he would be in the offense now if he hadn't gotten hurt. Yeah. He missed eight games. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good eight point. games. Yeah. So, all right, I was starting to say a little while ago, Eagles lost their third straight game on uh, Monday night to the Seahawks. What a great moment for Drew Locke, huh? Um, former Mizzou and Lee Summit kid. What a wonderful – did you see his post-game interview? We, we did. And what was funny was, you know, it was planes, trains, automobiles, funky travel day for everybody yesterday. But Sam and I, even though we came from different airports to begin with, ended up in Chicago together, flying together, and and uh, I had just called it up near the near the end of the game, and uh, saw Drew's celebration after the touchdown, and then saw I turned to Sam, I said, "This was as, as I can't remember my words." Sam always remembers the words. I think it was, I mean, it was a as, great as, as good a yeah. post game interview as you'll see. I mean, yeah. and it was because it was so genuine. And look, we've all had a chance, to, Sam longer than anybody probably, but all of us had a chance to be around Drew Locke, and I think uh, look upon him. You know, somewhat fondly, and and uh, I've, I've always seen him as a gracious and smart guy, and he's been through some ups and downs in the NFL. So to see him have that moment, but then also have that moment um, where he he came off so well, I, I was that was that was really that was moving. Yeah, that was cool. if, if you haven't seen it, go go to wherever your social your favorite social media outlet is and and, and access it. Uh, and who knows? Maybe someday he'll he'll be a backup quarterback. He'll be another Missouri backup quarterback for the Chiefs. Yeah. <laughs> At some point, they're going to get somebody who's like doesn't have ten years of experience, who might actually be kind of in their prime. That's one of. I told Vahe as soon as we watched that moment. I said I thought Drew Locke would have been a great fit here. Um, that was that was an awesome moment. I mean, his career is sort of defined by like the yeah but sentence. I mean, in high school, 
you had the Simone Award, and I voted for him to win. That was when I was covering high schools, and some people ripped me because Lee Summit had a losing record that year. I was like, yeah, but what about the record? And then at Missouri, he had great numbers, and it was, yeah, but what has he done against the top of the top teams? That's kind of been his career. So it was, it was great to see him just and then he seize, fell out, fell seize out of the first round of the yeah. draft. We thought yeah. he was going to go. Yeah. yeah, still has his draft card in in his bag. Oh um, yeah, um, from that. So. Just, just I mean, as as genuine as they came in high school, he's always a, a guy that you know. I mean, high school kids sometimes are nervous, and and Drew always met the moment whenever you, you chatted with him, and he certainly did more than ever. I totally agree with you on on Monday, Vi. It's funny uh, you you just made me think of this. You know, the other thing is Drew's Drew's father, Andy, played for Andy Reid at Missouri. You know, I, I don't know why Andy's Andy Reid's not giving him the the extra look. All of a sudden, Drew's what is this like his sixth year? Sixth, seventh year? Not seven. It's definitely not seven. When we were in, um, what's ironic about the timing for us personally, just to make it about us, is <laughs> when we were in New England was when he was starting his first game, the last trip to New England in 19. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So 19, 20, 21, 22, 20. Yeah. Okay. This, be, this is his fifth year then. Yeah. yeah. So he needs about another three years before he's Chiefs material. <laughs> That's right. Said, <laughs> Following Chase Daniel and Blaine Gabbert, yeah. uh, Mizzou quarterbacks here in Kansas City. All right, guys, so the next time we'll be together is on Christmas Day. On Monday, we'll uh, we'll cover the Chiefs-Raiders game. Kicks off at noon. Looking forward to seeing everybody there. And thanks for the great conversation, as always. That will do it for today. Shout-out to Randy Mason for producing the show and to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, and Scott Chasen. Tip of the cap to Vahe Gregorian, Sam McDowell, and Jesse Newell for providing their insights. My favorite digital sports page is the Morning Sports Edition, and I bet it'll be yours too if you gave it a shot. Go to liveedition.kansascity.com, see what I'm talking about. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sportsbeat KC where we talk sports in and around Kansas City.